Many of the faiths we teach, we, we, we see people talk about or practice. That was not the plan of God. I give this as an example all the time. A man is single, he wants to marry. There's a sister, let's, what's my, is that Angela, that's that my name? He meets Sister Angela and he likes her very much. Then in course of talking, he realizes the problems Angela has in her life. Maybe, as a good example, her parents have eight children. She's number one. The father is ill, though he's alive, but he's not um, earning money anymore. And she's just managing to graduate from school. Now she has seven younger ones. And her mother is a low to middle level worker in the state government. Even her federal self, you know things better. But state, they don't pay regularly. And it says to you, I like Sister Angela. It's just that she has many responsibilities. Give him a knock on the head and say, my friend, go and increase your faith. That is when we use faith. It is not by faith I will discover the girl that has no responsibilities. It is that by faith I feel called to this girl. Maybe you are rich, fine, but let's assume you are not. Physically speaking, you may not be rich, but spiritually, faith is a currency. Faith is a tangible substance that can be traded in the realm of the spirit. You can say, I love this girl so much. God, you know, God pours love into people. Yeah, he does. He does. According to the story of the Red Prince. The first wife the Red Prince married, the guy was an interesting man. He used to help her around the house because she had a lot of adopted girls in Jerusalem. He was a soldier, a British soldier. Then one day the word of the Lord came to him saying, I have joined you together under the same yoke. So he decided he was going to marry the woman. Let's summarize it. It is striking when you find out that she was 20 years older than him. By faith, he married her. And years later, when he would tell the story about their marriage, he would see cry, because by that time she had died. He was in his 60s when she died in her 80s. Two years later, when he was going to remarry, he married a woman who was 20 years younger than him. Again, by faith, he married. You know, all these revelations come when God knows that normally this wouldn't happen. Before you marry a woman 20 years older than you, God has to speak or you decrease. (laughs) Think about it now. Because if you come to me and say, Pastor Banky, I want to marry you, I say, you are 30. And I introduce your woman you want to marry, she's 51. I will tell her, Mommy, please wait outside. <laughs> well, I asked her, this boy's head is correct. It's just, it's not, look, it's just a normal, it's a, it's a human, it's a natural thing. And you're wondering, what is wrong with you? Is it, I mean, you start checking whether the woman has money. Are you getting my point? But by faith, he obeyed the word of God. Two years later, when he was going to remarry, that process in his life started again. 
He met a woman, just, not seriously, anyway, let's make a long story short. Then one day the Lord spoke to him again, supernaturally, that he was going to marry the girl. And the woman, he said, for goodness sake, I don't like her. That is nothing. There's nothing about her that I like. Let me make a long story short. One day she requested to talk to him, and because she had a problem with her back, she wanted to sit on the floor instead of on the chair. She requested to sit on the floor and put her back against the wall while he was sitting on the desk. He said, when he turned to look at her, it was the exact picture he had seen earlier, I think in a dream or in a vision. And he said, at that moment, it was as if somebody just turned a pitcher of honey and love for her just poured into him. God pours love into people. Though. I hope you are getting the point I'm making here. Faith was not given to us to make our lives easy. Faith was given to us to obey God despite the difficulties. That's why I read all of this. We learn faith to call a car to be instead of trekking. But I said before, the first thing God gives to a child of God, listen to this if you have not heard it before. You say you have been trekking, God, this suffering will be over. As long as you still call it suffering, you shall trek for longer. Until you can trek on the road and jump and shake your leg. And ju- Are you getting my point? <laughs> and feel good and say, guys, driving past and say, bros, how are you there? I'll see you guys later. Let me hurry. It's a long distance to walk. <laughs> Until you can do it and have no feeling of inferiority, your breakthrough is not close. Because the Bible says, even if you ask God for a car, Paul said the first thing he gives you is the peace of God that passes understanding. The first thing God gives is that peace, a spiritual substance. If you have not received it, you are not ready for a blessing, you are not ready for a miracle. That outward one, you are not. Faith was not given to us to be guarding worldly possessions. You need faith, first of all, to say it is written, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of things which he possesses. Let's get that thing clear. I was saying, there's a difference between spiritualism and spiritism. And then, spirituality. There's a difference between, choose the word either spiritism or spiritualism, all right? And spirituality. There's a difference between those things and spirituality. And I want to explain that. I told that my wife and I were discussing. And what were we talking about? Now, you've heard me say this before, and let me say it again. I personally dislike and I disagree with the doctrine. That says, if you want a car, put a picture of it on the wall. I have practiced it before. Whether it works or not, I don't know. But, and I know it works. I'll tell you, let me talk about the fact that it works. A brother gave me a book here once. I will not tell you the name of the book because I do not want to popularize a bad thing. And when he, finished, when he gave me the book, it looked like a spiritual book, and I went through it. And I said, this book is a bunch of nonsense. He gave it to me because he thought it was a good spiritual book that let me bless my pastor. I read it and I said, this is a bunch of nonsense. Number one, it's not a Christian book. Number two, the, the whole thing about the book was 
whatever you can conceive in your mind, eventually will happen for you outwardly. And it described how you will settle down. For example, there was a, maybe like, there was a woman who, was, who wanted to marry, and they told her to conceive the husband, describe and everything, and it did not work. They now called her and said that, she told somebody, I've done everything, but it's not working the way you guys said it will work. And they said, do you make breakfast in the morning for two people? That was the question. And he said, ah, no. So she changed again. And when she wakes up in the morning, she makes breakfast. It will be for two. And after a few weeks, she met one guy. She, it was the exact picture that she had in mind. And they married. And that's the story inside the book to show you that it works. Was that story true? I don't know. But could it have happened? Yes, most certainly. Is it proof that it was God? No. No. That doesn't mean it was God. Do you know why? It just means... Now, life exists in three realms, we know. There's a physical realm. Okay, let's, just, let's put two realms. There's a physical realm, and then there's a spiritual realm. All right? Let's just take those two realms. There's a reason. Just in the physical realm, there are a lot of laws. There's a law... Okay, let's take physics and chemistry. Many of us did elementary science, at least. You've heard of Boyle's law, Charles's law, Graham's law, Avogadro's law. There are all kinds of laws. There are many laws, and these laws are true whether you are Muslim, Buddhist, Christian, or an atheist. These laws are true. That's why a Christian doctor will give you an ampicillin injection. It will cure a pneumonia. An unbelieving doctor does the same. It cures a pneumonia. Why? They are biological laws. In the same manner, things of the spirit realm, they exist. And God in heaven, let me tell you something about God. There are two ways you look at God. It's the same God, it's just like me now. In fact, you know, yesterday I told my son, pick up something for me at a particular clinic. There was a sample that needed my attention. So I told my colleague, a surgeon, that I'll pick it up when I'm driving past his clinic. So I was driving in the morning, dropping my kids in school. So I told Akindu, go in there, meet the person there, say that you want to pick something for your daddy. So as I was going, I said, by the way, it is Dr. Lucian or not Pastor Banky. Do you get it? Everywhere, what's your daddy's name, Pastor Banky? The reflex is Pastor Banky. Because the message will have been left for Dr. Lucian, the pathologist. He's coming, do you understand? Now, why did I tell the story? Different things I do. The same individual. God is like that too. Two things about him which are most prominent in the scriptures is one, he is judge. Two, his father. Two totally different jobs. And sometimes you wouldn't believe it's the same person. The way he relates. You see why I'm saying that in a moment. Many of us think that when the devil is coming, God rebukes him. You know, that's how, you know, if the devil came here now, what do we do? We join hands. Tell him to get out. In the name of Jesus. Out, 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 out. We command you, fly to the bottom. Most of it are fear. We think he wants to scatter our meeting. But you know the way God re- reacts? If Satan comes in here, he'll say, Odechuku, tell him to sit at that corner. I don't want any disturbance. That's God's reaction. It doesn't drive him. 
He would actually ask him, why are you looking? What are you looking for here? That's how God reacts. Satan, why are you coming? What are you doing here? He would say, one of my friends came for Bible study. I'm waiting for him. <laughs> it's a matter of fact. That, 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 that's how you, that's how, so, and the, the Lord doesn't, whoa, 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 don't come near my presence. Look at you. No. Yes, okay. Since you are not interested in the study, sit outside. He doesn't cross the Lord's mind that Satan will disturb our meeting. Yes. We are the ones that think he can disturb. How do I know? Read the scriptures. The sons of God came to present themselves. And Satan came in their midst also. And the Lord said, from where have you come? And he answered. And they had a conversation and they gave him an assignment. No quarrel. Why am I saying this? If Satan can go to the presence of God and demand justice for something, which is what he does as an accuser of the brethren. Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired, actually demanded, to sift you all like wheat. I didn't tell him he cannot. So I turned to God the Father and I made petitions for you. Why didn't he rebuke Satan? I'll tell you, he can't. Because if you enter a court of law and you are a defense witness, you can't come to court and drive away the prosecution. Uh, sorry, you are a defense lawyer. You cannot come to court and drive away the prosecution lawyer. You have to come with your defense. Each individual faces the judge. So Jesus said, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. Because what Satan wanted to do was to steal their faith. To scatter them. I'm not analyzing that in details. I just want to explain the principle. So that's how it is. So if Satan comes to the presence of God and makes petitions, God is compelled by his law to listen. So when Satan comes and says, this man must die. Because Satan cannot kill except God approves. Many faith teachers don't believe that, but it is the word of God. It doesn't sound nice. The reason why they don't understand it, the problem is that they don't understand that God the judge is different from God the Father. The same person, but when they, when they are walking, everything in life has to be the judgment of God. I keep on giving this as an example because it is extreme. But once you can grab that, every other thing is easy to stomach. Hitler could not have killed 6 million Jews and minorities if God did not sign the death warrant. Was it his will? No. His will is that none should perish. But there are laws in place. So Satan comes to the presence of God and makes arguments, petitions, demands based on those laws. That's why I keep on warning Christians. When you want to live your life, Leave it covered by the blood of Jesus. Which means you must get away from where Satan can accuse you to where he can't. And how do you do that? Everything in life, you plead the mercy that's found in the blood of Jesus. And you never plead your good works. If you say, I have given, prosper me. That you are falling into Satan's traps. Because you are now on the argument level. You have to step to a realm where Satan gets confused. What is that realm? The realm where everything you get is based upon what Jesus did, not what you did. You must learn to walk in that realm. 
You must. Now, there's no way I'm saying all of these things. So you see that God is fair. He's fair even to the devil. How much more to unbelievers? What you and I call Juju priests, Babalao, Dibias, they are nothing but people who have left learning only physical things, but they've learned to operate spiritual laws. They walk with Satan. He teaches them. When a man, if you want to kill a man, you offer this kind of sacrifice and you bring up accusations against him. And don't worry, my devils, my demons will walk with you and will present accusations and he will die. They know how to do it. In the same manner, there are spiritual laws because everything that's physical is first of all in the realm of the spirit. People also learn it. And they learn to close their eyes and imagine things. And after a while, they imagine something, they burst it on the earth, and God can't stop them. Open your Bibles. I'll prove that. Genesis chapter 11. The book of Genesis chapter 11. I am going to read from New Living Translation because it says something in a way that brings my message home very clearly. From verse 1. The Bible says at that time, at one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia and settled there. They began saying to each other, let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone and tar was used for mortar. Then they said, now listen to verse 4. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky. This will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. Now, the the next verses tell us clearly that God didn't like this idea. Look at verse 5. But the Lord came down to look at the city and the tower the people were building. Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. Let's stop here. Do you notice what God said? If the people speak the same language and they are united. Nothing they want to do, even if I don't like it, there's nothing they want to do they will not succeed in doing. Clearly, he doesn't like the idea. It is not as if we build the city if God's will is in it. If we built it, it means God wanted us to build it. Lie. There are many things that have been built. There are ministries built. There are businesses built. There are things built. And God said, no. I don't like that idea, but they used the right spiritual principles, so they got it done. That is why I be very careful when somebody is teaching spiritual principles. That's why the Bible emphasized that the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God as believers. If we don't pass it through God, we will accomplish a lot of things that displease Him. And listen to this. You accomplished it, does not mean you will get away with it. 
If it has evil attached to it, it's yours 100%. For example, you can build a great business and spiritual power is interchangeable. For you to be able to build it, let's forget business, ministry. For you to be able to build it, you will have dug into the spiritual power that should have kept you healthy. You, are you gonna like money now? Assuming that you earn like let's just say hundred k every month, you have savings of like one point five million, and you decide to buy a house that's seventeen million. Your savings loan you collected at the end of the month. The bank collects their portion. The cooperative in your office collects their portion. Your friends collect their portion of your hundred k. Only 500 naira is remaining for you at the end of the month. You now die of starvation the month before you pack in. <laughs> Did you succeed in building the house? Yes. Did he bless you? No. The Bible says that they made demands of God in the wilderness. He gave them their demands, what they asked for, but then sent troubles into their soul with it. It wasn't like he was angry, but that demand had problems attached. That's what the Bible had to emphasize for us. It is the blessing of God that makes rich without bringing any sorrow with it. People can get things in their life, sorrow follows it. That is why it is not only Christians that build the biggest businesses. You bow to the devil, you will rule the world. Did you hear what I said? You bow to Satan, you rule the earth. Jesus said, bow to me, I will give you all these kingdoms. Not be today. I'm telling Christians to be careful. That is why I tell you categorically, throw away any picture you have drawn on the wall that you look at every day, trying to bring it to reality. You are building a tower in Babel. Yes, you have testimonies, but they all build towers. Yes, this man did it. It doesn't mean it was God. These are spiritual principles. My wife asked me yesterday, so how do we do the one that is God? After all, we have learned, confess, say it, focus on it, look at it. Imagine it. Those things are not scripture. They are not Christian, I wanted to say. They are just spiritual. They are the realm of the spirit, but not necessarily Christian. He said, what do you do as a believer? I said, let your request be made known unto God. What do you confess? Confess only that which is written. For example, he says, you need money. Say, okay, I confess. Somebody will buy goods of one million from me. Another person buy of two million. I will make a profit of 300,000. It is not God. That's not Christian. That's spiritual activity. It can get results. Who says he won't? Babel people got their results. What should a Christian do? Father God, according to your word, I will prosper. You said you will cause prosperity to flow towards me like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. He said, Lord, in the name of Jesus, you make grace abound towards me. I have all sufficiency in all things. I abound to every good work. I have not mentioned any sum. When I want to mention sums of money, I direct it to God. Lord, I have to have 5.5 million naira to do this. And Paul said, the peace of God, that pastoral understanding comes to me. I don't confess every morning. I have 5.5 million. I call it to be. People are calling me. They are bringing it in. No, that's not Christian confession. Christian confession is this. No good thing will live withhold from those who walk uprightly. Lord, I, I purge my ways. What is your own uprightness in me? You know why? Sometimes you think you need 5.5 million. God said you don't need a dime. Sometimes you think you, you, think you need 5.5 million. Yeah, you need 17 million. 
And listen to me, God thinks. No, God doesn't even have to think. Forget it. He can think, but he doesn't have to. The word thinks. The Bible said the word of God is alive and active. What does that mean? When I come to God and I say, my business needs 5.5 million to go, I cast my burden upon you. When I wake up in the morning, I am not confessing 5.5 million. I am confessing God's word, which says my life is in his hands. The days of my life were prepared by him. I'm walking in that destiny. Are you getting my point? I'm this. I'm describing what God says. Like my favorite scripture. Later I'm going to talk about it. When God gives you a rod, you lift that rod up. If I have needs today, I have one rod I lift up. It's Isaiah chapter 66 verse 12. Behold, I make prosperity flow towards you like a river. And the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. I don't mention money. Because to solve a problem, God can send favor. I cannot lock my spiritual energy on the money. You can finish praying that God in the name of Jesus. This company, as I'm speaking, they will employ me. They will employ me. I will be this. Next day, you buy a newspaper, they are folded up. <laughs> Six months of active confession. Gone down the drain. Many people so cease to walk in, uh, what do you call it? Uh, no, no, what name of that bank that became my access? That, uh, no access. People were sowing seeds to walk in Intercontinental. They were given first fruit, second fruit, third fruit to be promoted in Oceanic Bank. Meanwhile, God was appointing Sanusi to liquidate the banks. God said, Sanusi, this is the word of God. Close those banks. I have ought against them. People say, is it not? They are closing our banks. Stop talking like an idiot. No bank can be closed in Nigeria until God signs the decree. Listen, when God wants to punish his own children, he disciplines them with the rust of the uncircumcised. He tells the uncircumcised man, flog my child for me. Flog him, I will flog you back. But meanwhile, just the flogger. <laughs> Faith is not used to get what we want. Faith is used to get us subjected to the will of God, to the call of God for our lives. We use faith to tap into his promises. Faith, like I was saying earlier, I found from the scriptures that slavery was ended by Christ. So anytime I see what looks like slavery, I fight it with the word. It's not my desire. That is, I would rather die a free man, hungry, than to be bound to any human system, bound to any human being, and prosperous. You may say you are not wise. For me, it's the word of God. It's not about me. It's about God's word. I'm saying to you, Christ has redeemed me. You can't put me in bondage. There are things I believe God for. Sometimes I tell people, I'm going to live to be very old. They say, what is in this life? I say, it's not about this life. It is about, I've read the scriptures and I've seen my brethren misinterpret God. They say God's plan is that you live to be 70 years. It's not anywhere in your Bible. I don't care who quotes it, they quoted it wrongly. Moses was the only person that made that statement. And he said, you have brought our iniquities into the light of your countenance. Why have you refused to forgive us? 
Now look at this. We are now dying like chickens. 70 years we are all dead. The few strong ones amongst us live to be 80. The Moses who wrote that psalm lived to be 120 years. So he could not have been saying the promise of God is to live to be 70. He could not have been saying that. There are things sometimes I pray to God for. I say, Lord, I don't need it to, but I just want you to do it. Then we waste it. He said, what do you mean? Let me explain. God gave Peter a drought of fish and then said, come, let's go and preach. Forget fishing. There are things God will just do just to make a point. You're a businessman. Say, God, I don't need a billion, but I want to show that I can make it. After making the billion, you share it to pieces. Go back to your old Camry. 16 years old. You are driving it. Say, when did you buy a new car? I just wanted to prove that it's doable. I don't know what I get my point. <laughs> I didn't need it. I just said, let's do this. Let's show. It's called claiming the promises. Like I said earlier, it's not that by faith we run away from where the ground is hard to where the ground is soft. No. We say by faith. This ground you think you are hard. Alright? I came here by divine covenant. So we'll see who is hard. Whether it is you or it is me. <laughs> I told you those days when we used to pray. When I came to Enugu. Criminals everywhere. I'm robbers. They said don't buy a V-boot. Thieves like it. I said, me too, I like it. It makes two of us. Let us now see who will enjoy it. Whether it is a criminal or the man sent by God to this city. So when I, when I used to pray, my prayer used to be this. All you arm robbers, you were not ordained by God to be here. I was ordained by God to be here. You will die, I will live. No, Mr. Adivexo. I'm just clarifying facts. I was sent for a reason. It does not include dying in the hands of an arm robber. I said, so you, robbers, you will die. And I will live. I'm just claiming promises. No personal quarrels. Nothing special. I mean, nothing, nothing personal. What faith does is not as if saying, look, by faith I run away from a difficult land. No. By faith, I will make sure the land is productive. With faith, I break the difficulty in the land. If they say fuel is scarce, is the reason why business is not doing well. It becomes the prayer point. I don't start amplifying the rubbish in town. Christians were not born to be commentators. We don't comment on the present. We prophesy the future. Are you getting my point? We tell the, look, this present, we don't like you. We will prophesy until you conform to the plan of God. That's what faith does. Forget exercising faith or trying to get rid of things. Some people are so locked on their needs. God does not want to meet it. He said, you won't move forward in life until I give you a car. You won't move forward in life until I give you a child. You won't move forward in life until I give you a television. You won't... Ah! Meanwhile, if you were moving forward by faith, I would have added these things to you without you thinking about them. Every prayer conference to solve a material problem, you are there praying. There are prayer meetings you will go for. God will beat you. Where are you coming from? I went to pray. About what? I felt that as a man, I should have a house of my own at this time. 
So, you know, all this sowing of seed, that is why God has not stopped it. He used to collect money you do and not use it for serious things. I thought God always collects his money. God, he always collects his money. You can't, that money, you, you can't take it away. He will collect it back one way or the other. If you are using that thing to pursue purpose, no, no, no sweet-talking pastor will have collected it from you. See, people tell you that you know, sowing the seed, it carry your children's school fees, sow it, because you want to buy a car. You, say to, you know, that's why people are stealing. A man in this town carried his brother, his brother traveled. Imagine that I'm not around now. And I left, of course, I traveled, my car is at home. Now she won't come go for a crusade. <laughs> now she said, whatever you give to God today, he will multiply by tomorrow. Ah! And the guy see my key optimist. Say, if I bring, if, if there are two, when bros comes back, he don't go complain. <laughs> This guy drove his brother's car to Crusade, though. He gave them the key. When the brother came back, I said, I left a car here. Ah, I said, she just waited so come back. <laughs> I and the lad will return. <laughs> True story. I'm not joking. In, in Enugu here. So the guy who was telling my friend, the guy, one of our colleagues, he said his own problem is not even his brother that went and gave out his car. He's a pastor that collected the car with that particular <laughs> What am I saying? That is, is when our faith is wrongly directed. That's when we start falling prey for all those kind of things. If we're using faith for what God said we should use it for, not abusing it, not exercising the faith so that we can eat better, drive better, live better, you saw what we read there. I just read all of this before I go back to what we read earlier. To show us that the fact that somebody says it gets results, that's not the issue. What result is your faith getting? Some people prayed in the wilderness. They were aggressive so much in their prayer. So aggressive was their prayer, God had to give them what they asked for. But the Bible, but let me just read from New Living Translation again, which is very interesting. Psalm 106. I want to just read the way it says it here. After he, they believed his promises and all of that, and they sang his praise, verse 13, New Living Translation says, Yet how quickly they forgot what he had done. They wouldn't wait for his counsel. In the wilderness, their desires ran wild. Testing God's patience in that dry wasteland. Notice verse 15. So he gave them what they asked for. But he sent a plague along with it. Did you notice that? Sometimes we claim we are collecting something from God by faith. But God said, they harassed me until I released it. And like I said earlier, if you force something out of the hand of God, it does not come with a blessing. If a curse is attached to it, God gives it to the fellow, everything completes, does not remove anything from it. What do we do with our faith? Let me begin to round off. We use our faith to discover the will of God for our lives. That's what faith is for. We saw Jesus went to the garden to pray. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. I told a story earlier about men who married by faith. 
We read to the scriptures. These people were not saying that by faith I claim what I want. By faith they discovered purpose. And they began to pursue that purpose with aggression. Abraham left a land that was comfortable. He moved to a land that was not comfortable, but he was convinced this was the purpose of God. So by faith, he endured the troubles. Sometimes, you know, I told you before, I used to argue with people. Talking about the state of our country as an example. Oh, country is good, country is bad, country is good, country is bad. I used to wonder why they didn't see what I saw. Until I realized that your faith gives you vision. I don't know whether you get my point. Yeah, it does. But what was that faith for initially? The basic thing about faith is that I don't move around like Issachar. No, I don't move around like Issachar. Looking for where the land is green and the resting place is pleasant. No, I say Abraham was in a comfortable land. God said, I'm going to make you a pioneer of a heavenly city. When he got there, it was not comfortable. You can imagine he's moving up and down, packing and moving, packing and moving. He wasn't comfortable, but he said, this is what my life is about. So much when he wanted to get a wife for Isaac. Eliezer of Damascus said, if the woman will not agree to follow me, he says, swear that you will not take my son back to the land I departed from. Why was he in that land? He said, this is the call and the purpose of God for me. That's what we do with our faith. That's my teaching for today. I think I'm done. I've made my point. The use that we put faith to. If God has given a word, by faith we activate it in our lives. You remember my favorite scripture for explaining that? The Bible says, children are the heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is a reward. What did I say? Don't explain away the scripture. He said, but the economy is hard. You will read that scripture until prosperity will come into your house by force. You are getting my point? If, when the Bible says, I can do all things, it means I can do all things. Paul, when he was applying it, he applied it for people, for himself, in that he was trying to explain that even though when situations are hard, I don't abandon my calling. No matter how tough things are, I remain what I am. He said, I've learned to be independent of circumstances. And he said, as a result, he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Let us pray. I think I've spoken enough. Speaking longer than this, we'll be still talking when the Holy Spirit has kept quiet. <laughs> you heard that, you heard that story? There's a samurai went to preach. After preaching, he came down and told me, Smith, how did I do? Uguso looked at him and said, you did very well, but you should have shut up 45 minutes ago when the Holy Spirit stopped talking. And the Holy Spirit has stopped talking now. What he's saying, Abanki, let my people pray. Bow down your heads, let us pray. He said to the Lord, it's about sanctifying my faith. That's what I want to do today. And that's what I'm encouraging everybody. Say, Lord, sanctify my faith for me. Begin to pray. Dedicate yourself. Say, Lord, these are the things I want to do with my faith. Begin to pray. Everybody rise up. Let's pray. Let's, let's pray. Let us pray. Let's rise to our feet. These are the things my faith is supposed to do for me. One, to discover the will of God for my life. To discover the purpose, the plan of God for my life. And then my faith will help me obey God as I fulfill it. Begin to declare. 
Say, Lord, this is my faith. I declare again. I repent of every other thing that I have used faith for. There are those who resign jobs. And they were effective there. And they were blessing the company. They were transforming lives. That was the evangelism post. Then they gave them a job where the pay was better. And that was the end of it. Ministry has closed since. They left by unbelief. If you are like that, time to repent. God may not take you back to that place, but he has another job for you. He has something else he wants you to do. But first of all, you must realize. Yes, I prayed and I fasted and I sowed a seed to get that new job. You will see from the scriptures, you can harass God enough until he gives you what he doesn't want you to have. That's what faith is for. Repent. Some people are in Enugu today. They came here by unbelief. <laughs> and they thought it was faith. Somebody listening to it from the United States. God said, you are there by unbelief, not by faith. Today is the day of repentance. Say, Lord, I repent. Talking about the use of faith. Say, Lord, I use my faith wrongly. Some people bought a car wrongly. I'm telling you. They thought they bought by faith. God said, no, 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 you bought by unbelief. I was saying to you earlier, the word of God can think. It can give you what you did not plan for. When you focus too much on something, a material thing, you are buying by unbelief, you are not buying by faith. Today is the day of repentance. The day of sanctification of faith. Many have been learning faith so that they can get money. God said, no. You learn faith so you can get purpose. So you can walk in purpose. So you can do that which God called you to do. Today, declare to yourself, say, my faith from now is used to activate the promises of God. From now, my faith is used to activate the will of God for my life. My faith is used to overcome difficult circumstances so that I can abide in the place where God wants me to be. Begin to give the Lord thanks. Say, Father, we thank you. Father, we give you thanks. In the name of Jesus Christ. Our Father, we thank you for the truth, the liberating truth that we have heard again today. Thank you for it. Every single one of us will dedicate ourselves to you again today. Our faith will be like that of the Lord Jesus Christ. We say, nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Nevertheless, not where I want to live, but where you want me to live. Nevertheless, my name is Abraham. I have left all of the Chaldeans. Now I am in that promised land. It's not fruitful yet. But with faith, we will bring fruit into it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.